You're listening to the Cars of Carlisle Network, podcast episode number 79, Noelle Dumas, Motor Girl Studios. Cars of Carlisle is your favorite internationally downloaded podcast about all things automotive. Darren and his CFC team are ever searching for interesting automotive happenings, real stories about real car people, and fun features to inform and entertain you. Each week, the Cars of Carlisle crew brings you show topics ranging from car shows to team adventures to auto racing weekends to behind-the-scenes human interest stories from car nuts that live across town, across the country, or even across the globe. Come join the road trip. Today, meet Noel Dumas, a diehard car enthusiast who's been wrenching on cars and motorcycles and honing her artistic talent since well before kindergarten. Yes, Noel, who sometimes refers to herself as the parts chick, is a brilliant artist, capturing the essence and passion of the automotive craze through her artwork and multimedia designs. Her professional talents over the last 25 years has taken her from automotive design in Detroit to her current entrepreneurial endeavors as owner of the Motor Girl Studios, based in the Washington, D.C. metro area. From childhood to adulthood, Noelle has been drawn, pun intended, to the automotive world as she's found her niche. When Noelle was eight years old, her parents put a Honda motorcycle under the Christmas tree for her. However, before she could fire it up for a ride that Christmas day, Noelle was required to tear the bike down completely and put it back together again, which she did without any trouble. Noelle has a skill and vision to rescue anything and bring it to life with her new exciting form and function. In her travels from Daytona to Carlisle and everywhere in between, Motor Girl continues to hunt for the elusive barn finds along the East Coast back roads. You'll soon hear and see why Noelle's art garners true admiration and inspiration. It's time to climb into Noelle's 26-foot Airstream trailer, her future rolling art and design studio. So, let's get ready. up! Hello and welcome back, Cubers, your favorite informative automotive podcast. I am your trusted host, Darren, and this is episode 79. I'm really excited for you to learn more about Noelle Dumas. She is such a talented artist, and uh, you're just really going to enjoy everything she uh, has to say. She is truly a car person, has been that way since childhood. She knows her way around engines and just anything mechanical extremely uh knowledgeable knows cars she was saying when she was uh, a young child she could tell her father coming or going from the headlights or the taillights what car it was make and model just a really fun person i'm i'm so excited for you to meet her so stay tuned before we jump to that that uh, interview which by the way if you hear some ambient noise uh pardon us we actually met up at a at a diner and uh, there is definitely some restaurant noise, but for the most part, I think you'll um, be able to hear very clearly. So this, uh, in the interview, you'll hear her talk about the fact she gets down to Florida every, every year, and she is a big race fan, loves Daytona. And I thought, what better way than to have a trivia question that is focused on the Daytona Speedway. So at the steepest embankment, so what is the highest... Uh, degree angle that the uh, Daytona track is. Is it A, 12 degrees, B, 17 degrees, C, 31 degrees, or D, 37 degrees? The answer at the end of this episode. So let's head to the diner now and sit down with Noel, who is Motor Girl Studios CEO and president and owner. I will, I will find something in the weeds and you just saw the airstream right it's like nobody else wants it but me it right. is calling my name because right. i am the person for it i'm this the will one be that... crushed if someone else exactly yeah. they, they, i mean the guy said if somebody doesn't get it i'm gonna scrap it and i'm like no because i see the potential sure sure and so my you know resurrection complex or whatever is is really pulling them out of the weeds and giving them life again wow. 
And it could be a motorcycle, it could be a car, it could be a trailer, it could be whatever floats my boat that day. Mm-hmm. But it's mm-hmm. like, I always have this, if I can't fix it, I can part it out to, to right. do something else right. with it. Right. And this is what I was just telling Vanessa earlier, I found almost the equivalent of this trailer that had the front end crushed. Mm. So I could use one of them to, you know, to fix the other one. And I'm always like, well, that will fund the build. Right. Right. If I part one out, because Airstream pieces are so expensive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And especially to try and find the skins in good condition, yeah. you know, they're four or $500 a piece. Sure. Just, you yeah. know, those, those aluminum pieces. So, of course, this is how my mind is going. It's like, I want to get this fixed and back to life. Right. And, but I need to fund it somehow, because I'm not going to take the money that I earn for my art to work on anything other than the art business. Right. So then, of course, the Airstream is like the rolling gallery, the studio, mm-hmm. the stuff that I can do on-site presentations, live action, you know, stuff like that. And so I'm like, but wait a minute, that is supposed to fund this, but that's no fun. Right, right, <laughs> So throwing right. cash at it is no fun. No, no. You know, so the search is part of it. Yeah, it's you know? the journey that's really there. That's the whole thing. I love the, the story. Mm-hmm. You know, I I waited for this thing probably for two months. So I saw it on one of the classified apps or whatever. And so I just said, hey, what's up with it? You know, so I get to know him a little bit. I get to hear the story a little bit. I hear the story of, like, why it stopped halfway mm-hmm. through the process. And then it's like, well, I can help you. Mm-hmm. So, because you're telling me that you kind of poured your heart and soul into this thing. You don't want to crush it. Right. But you have to find the right person for it. Now I have to convince you that I am the right person for it. Right. You know, and then we kind of negotiate, you know, back and forth. But like I said, I ended up getting it literally for the wheel's entire price because he didn't want to crush it. I mean, it literally was like, you have to get it out of here because the landlord's going to drag it off and crush it. And it's like, okay, if I can make it roll, it's mine. And he's like, yep, can get it. So, wow. You know, and that's the thing. I love, I love that. I love the negotiation. I love the search. I love the, yeah. you know, yeah. seek and you shall find kind of stuff. Yeah. And then working with people like Vanessa, who has an, as much vision as I do, she and she's got the facility now that we can actually build it inside. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that they'll let me come work on it as much as sure. I want to, and and so stuff you're gonna be like that. Sweat so. equity involved. In oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, and. Okay. Um, and part of it too is to partner with them and doing it. It's going to be as much of an advertising tool for them as it is for like you me. Said it's a co-brand. Like it's, I did this, we did this. We did this exactly. So it's like um, taking some of these. This is what was really funny. She was, she's going. God, I wish most of our concept drawings that people want were half as good as these. Oh, you did these. Oh, well, yeah. yeah, of course you did. Yeah. So it's like, what what wow. is the concept? You know of this thing gonna end up being so i have a degree in industrial design because i wanted to go to school to design cars in detroit go figure so the whole you know design process i went i keep going through this design process with this particular project because there's so many options it literally is a blank slate that you could do whatever you want so I just got to figure out what it is that I want. And Slab table and everything, that is so cool. Yeah, and you know, do I fix it? Do I take it back to the, it is a complete Airstream frame or not? Mm-hmm. Um, do we take it for what it is and just accentuate what it is? Because it has a story, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, it's, this is when my mind gets really going and I've been so itchy to work on it I said I've just got to calm this down a bit because I just need to work on it in my head so I can translate what I'm thinking to them you know and this one is kind of interesting and she kind of liked this one the best because this takes the trailer as it is without fixing it per se and we kind of create this this is the beginning it's the sketch concept okay so the rear section would be made out of like tube steel or tube aluminum or or piping or whatever to show the structure and then it goes to the state of finish towards the front so Mm -hmm. this is all shiny and slick Mm -hmm. and whatever and this just degrades yeah Yeah, but then it's like it's decomposed it's decomposing from the from the rear end so it's and take, the same for now from the front to the back right? yeah it's the inverse yeah 
So it's, you know, the, the inside being, you know, the high-end, shiny, aluminum, super slick finish back to yeah. rough wood and, you know, like chalk notations on the wall, you know, <laughs> and, and all the, the raw material that went into it and just really showing it raw, which, you know, you do any kind of homework now on the internet, there's so many to choose from and so many that are really, really cool. And then there's a few that just really take over, you know, this is the coolest one I've seen and you see it a hundred different times from, from Sunday, but there isn't anything that matches it. And whereas why I think this would be interesting just to kind of leave it is A, the story about it and B, that we have the capability of making it completely different than anything else that exists right now. That's true. So it it is... It shows the before the after. Right. And the creativity to pull it off. True. And to make it, you know, it tells the story by itself that this was an incomplete hulk of nothing that turned into this amazing... Mm. If you see it going down the road, it's like, I saw that on Instagram. I, you know, right. these, these Airstream people are going to go nuts because they didn't restore it. But at the same time, they can't deny what it turns into because it's, sure. it's way too cool for words. Right, right. You know, and... That's the genius know, in it. I like that. Yeah. So the, the point of, you know, the Airstream is like, everybody's attracted to them regardless. It's like a Volkswagen. It is. Everybody has a story. They have a want for one. They had one. Their grandparents had one. They're attracted to them. They're iconic. They know what it is. Right. They don't know why they want it or want to get it. Exactly. And they're like, everybody loves a shiny metal object. And I don't care who you are. So to make that super shiny and this wow factor, and then you get into what it is and then see it for what it really turns out being, you just kind of go, holy crap, this is. This is beyond anything I would have thought of. What it could be or what I expected to be. And I think part of it too is not that I necessarily feel pigeonholed for what I do because I love doing it. You know, I love the cars Mm -hmm. without a doubt. Mm -hmm. And they inspire me. I go to the car shows and I see one or two that just go, God, I got I just I want to do that. And or I meet somebody that says, you know, I have a museum in Charlotte, and oh, by the way, we're doing a premiere for the Ford versus Ferrari movie, and we need you to right. paint a right. GT40 and the Le Mans Ferrari right. from 1966. Oh, by the way, can you do that? Oh, shucks. No, no. <laughs> Arm twist. I know. But at the same time, it's like I do so much other stuff, right. you know. Right. I have a background in furniture design and in mm. exhibit design and like all this other stuff that I think is actually kind of culminating in this for project sure. now. Yeah, yeah. And that I don't want to forget that this is where I come from, you know. And skills to hone and everything else. Yeah, and, you know, so to go to the shows the way I've been doing it is like, well, every art show has the damn grids and the tent Mm. and the... And it's like, I'm so bored of that. Oh, that day we were pushing the water off your... Yeah, exactly. It's like (laughs) this this stuff that you always have to deal with. And I can't do these shows because it takes so long for the setup. So, you know, part of the reason for being so patient to find this one is literally, I just want to open the door. Mm-hmm. I want to flip the lights on. So your full downstairs thing it was, yeah. right? Yeah. I want, I want it to be so amazingly inviting that you come in and go, holy cow, you did all of this. Right. You designed it. You right. built it. You had the vision. You pulled it off. Oh, and by the artwork inside, it's just as amazing. Oh. You know, and oh, by the way, could you do this for me? Right, right. And, um... And it's funny because, you know, showing Vanessa these things, she's like, I need you to do the renderings of the of the projects for our customers' cars. And it's like she didn't realize that that was actually an option, that the concept of something that doesn't exist yet is as enticing for me as the existing This something. might be yet another opening for uh, yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, and that's the thing with with partnering with them you know this is intriguing to them yeah. because it does take everything that they do right the custom the metal work right. you know stuff right. like that and it takes that to a whole new client base mm-hmm. for them mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. and especially with this you know what she said ninety six thousand square feet oh, yeah. you know worth of facility and of course I'm just awestruck right and the, <laughs> I'm looking for a place I can just drive my van in to work on it 
you know, yeah. that's what I want. I right. said, I just want this corner. Right. <laughs> I'd be so happy with this, you know. But she's enough of a fan and wants to help, and I want to yeah. help them. Yeah. That you know, the future is very bright for everybody. I agree. I agree. And I, I'm excited for you, the fact that there could just be the opportunity to do some of these renderings and things for other projects of theirs. Oh, yeah. And just yeah, yeah. And, you know, like I said, to, to get excited about your work every single day yeah. is what, you know, 99% of the population strives for. And it's right. somehow I accomplished it almost by default because I would not give up right. on it, you know. Right. And going into business and failing head over tea kettle so many times and the crash of 2008 mm. wiped me out as far as like real estate investing and career and all this other stuff and it was like where is your happy place because I don't remember where it is and mm. then I just realized that I always ended up at a car show mm. or sitting in that seat yeah I was just like I gotta get out of the, yeah I gotta get out of here I gotta get out of my head I gotta get yeah. out of the doldrums of yeah. what just happened what did I do wrong and realizing that, you know, it's a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday and a beautiful day, and I'm just kind of driving aimlessly around, and I always end up at this car show. And I always left happy and invigorated and excited. Mm -hmm. And then went, how do I get paid to be here? Yeah. I got to figure out how to get paid to be here. Yeah. So, you know, and that was the thing. I would just go home after taking some pictures. You know, I'd pull up the stuff on my computer, and I'd go, oh, God, yeah, to pull the perspective out of that you know 67 gto because the whole the total aspect of the car you knew what that car was by this one detail so if you just blow that detail out if anybody knows the gto they know exactly what that is it doesn't have to be the whole car right. so i have a lot of pieces that i've done you know over the last even 20 years that people are still attracted to i still sell mm -hmm. those prints of but it seems to kind of come back to I want the three-quarter view yeah you know right right but yet the more people they they see me over and over again and they kind of see the stuff that I come up with mm -hmm. that I'm a little more eager to show mm -hmm. the different things mm -hmm. because I have enough turnover with you know $20 prints are, sure. are pretty easy for anybody to yeah. swallow yeah but the you know, $5,000, $12,000 original paintings are a little tougher to swallow, but at the right. same time, they are so not what you expect for car art. Right. That I have this new group of people going, now wait a minute. I want something that nobody else has. Right. That's right. Oh, by the way, I just bought a new one and I need it, you to do a painting of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think you charged me 2500 last time. I think that's fine. Can you do that again? I'm sure. Right, <laughs> you right, know? right. And it's, I have a few patrons that are like that. It's just like, well, just tell me how much. Right. Because I'm your biggest fan. That's you know? And to have, especially being an artist, it's so hard to find the people that get you. Mm -hmm. And my family is artists. My dad is self-taught. He does... Uh, wildlife art and, and birds and mm. I mean he's amazing mm -hmm. and of course being a teacher we were overtaught let's say mm -hmm. as children and for us to come back from sure. art school and go oh it's time to teach the teacher was was fantastic yeah you know was yeah. <laughs> well sure it's a, it's a rite of passage it's a right yes and it's just like this is what we learned this year dad let's you know I'll, I'll teach you right. and right. you know stuff like that so his art has improved because of my brother and I both going to art Technique school, and, yeah. but my brother is a, is a contemporary painter, so he is very much into the process and not the subject per se. His subjects are very interesting, but you have to really get into talking to him to understand why, you know, the genesis of his painting mm -hmm. versus mine is, it's a Corvette, you know, sure. or it's a 63 split, which is my personal favorite, Yeah, you know, and I wanted to do a red one, because everybody likes red corvettes and of course there's a song about it and i can you know i can sure. go into all of the stuff yeah. that why you would like that yeah. but then you have the person that says well i have a you know 1964 lola race car how many people are gonna have that no just this guy right but if it's a cool enough painting people are gonna go wow that's just a cool painting and i don't care what it's is. And the it's, piece you did for me is so amazing. And I'll make sure to, that uh, I continue to promote that because it's cool. gorgeous. I thank you. Um, but and I'm in that fan fan yeah. everybody else. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm right. okay with that. I think for now I'm just secretary. I'm going to work okay. my <laughs> vice president. <and> <laughs>
by all means, you're yeah, hired. That's right. Um, but see, that's like the project like you had kind of tickled me because it was an interesting challenge. It wasn't like, you know, I want my garage in the background and I have these gas pumps and I'm like, that's so typical. Well, we'll describe maybe what we talked about the day at the show. Just want to tell, tell my listeners a little bit about how we came to be with that project you did for me. Well, um, basically from what I remember is Vanessa talking about you and bringing you over to talk to right, me. Right, I wanted to meet you because I was excited about your work. Right, and then, um, you know, handing me your, your information and you taking my information is like, well, what can you do with this? Right, because here's know, my logo. Here's my logo, but here's my car. Yeah. And I w- would really be cool to have these two things put together. It's like, this is my car. Mm-hmm. Just pulling out that print and going, sure. this is my car. Mm-hmm. And I love it when that happens because some people... <laughs> It is their car because I took a picture of it at a show, you know, and they come back the next year and go, holy crap, that's my car. Right. And usually, I mean, that's what's so fun is I always give one print away to that that person that just, you know, to make their day. Mm -hmm. It always makes my show. I always do better if I give one print away. And that makes it almost like universal. Yeah. So it's that pay it it forward Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So, um... I did actually, I did, um, it was a Audi Quattro, like a mid-80s Audi mm-hmm. Quattro. Mm-hmm. So, of and course. And they were so revolutionary. You know? Oh, yeah. During, during yeah. their, you know, that, their heyday, they oh, were yeah. really, really popular. But to have them as popular now, there's a very, very mm-hmm. definitive group, a very mm-hmm. small, intimate group that love them mm-hmm. without fail. Right. Well, this guy shows up and he goes, oh, my God, that's my car. I said, well, it's entirely possible that it is your car. He's no, seriously, that's my car. And he goes, there it is. And I'm like, yep, that was the one I saw last year. You know, and it intrigued me. It was a beautiful car. It was very well maintained. Was it like I a said, 5000S or something? Or? Yeah, and it was red. And, uh-huh. you know, it had very, it was the period specific wheel. So it wasn't, you know, tuned out or anything like that. And I said, it was a beautiful example of what I was trying to, to show that these are beautiful cars. Even though they're old and they're 80s, they're still classics. Yes. You know, and they were, you know, either technological marvels or design oh, yeah. marvels, you know, of yeah. their... Everything was square and rectangle, rectangular. I know, but then. they were sexy. They and, were. Yeah, and, you know, they were fast and yeah. fuel economy and all the stuff that, you know, the Reagan era kind of foisted upon us. They right. really right. pulled it out, you know. And um, so anyway, he was like, oh my God, oh my God, you know, but I, I took all my money to get here kind of thing. And I was like, well, you have to have it. And he's like, no, no, no. I said, no, seriously, you have to have it. You inspired me to do this, this drawing. So just, you have to have it. So, of course, the thing was, over the entire weekend, he kept bringing people back to me. Mm. That's my car. She did my car. She did my car, you know. And he he was my my sales guy. I was going to say. All weekend. What an investment. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, just to see his face light up when mm-hmm. I gave it to him. Mm-hmm was more than I could have expected yeah. but then for him to keep coming back and bring his friends and right. you know stuff like that and he's one of my like Instagram followers like avid mm. always comments yeah. you know yeah. and like, always like I still smile every time I see the painting on the wall you know all this other yeah, stuff yeah. and it's like I do this for that reason nice. like I do it because I love it but I right. do it because I love the reaction right. like when you saw that oh yeah like in hand because oh I sent you a picture of it and it's you're like that's no, so nowhere, cool nowhere near yeah. right but to see it in person and hold it in your hands and you it's have this beautiful. this tangibility oh. Oh. all of a sudden it changes oh yeah everything my face was hurting from smiling I know and that's the thing it's like I, I feed off of you being excited about what yeah. I do oh, yeah. you know regardless of the money the money kind of comes after you know and I I'm, I never did it for the money you know I never did it for any other reason but pure pleasure. People can tell authenticity. Yeah, and you know, once you get to the point of like, oh, I can actually pay to go to these better shows and I can afford to buy this trailer and I can afford to do these things that I've always wanted to do, that is because the gravy has yeah. happened, you know, and that whole pay it forward universe coming to, oh, yeah. you know, to pay you back for mm-hmm. your generosity. I totally believe in that exactly. stuff. Exactly, exactly. And, um, but... It's an energy. You're putting it out it's, and it's coming yeah. back. And, you know, it's like I, I go home exhausted from a car show because I am absolutely thrilled to be there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And you're giving it your all. Yeah. And, you know, for some people, they go, I'm not even sure why I'm standing in a booth right now, but I knew I just had to come over. You know, and it's like, well, that, you know, the painting up there, oh, you're the girl that did the Valentino Rossi drawing on the car hood I saw two years ago. Uh-huh. It's like, yeah, actually, that lives in Pittsburgh now, uh-huh. you know, and it's like, oh, wow, tell me a story. Yeah, you know? yeah. And it's like, and again, they never remember my name. <laughs> right. But it doesn't matter. Right. You're the girl that did this amazing work. You're right. the girl that did the big painting on the car hood. You're the girl that I need to talk to. And I lost your card, but I knew you'd be here. <laughs> right. You know, right. and it's like, okay, how do they find me on the internet? I don't even know how they find me on mm-hmm. the internet because they can't remember me. Right. So now it's like, you know, I have an identity crisis. <laughs> so again, it's like, okay, find the shiny, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. uh, deconstructed steampunk uh, airstream and you'll find me. Sure. Well, yeah, you're going to be, a, it's <laughs> you know? a really big calling card. Exactly. So it's like this it's funny because the identity crisis has been my entire life but for now doing it you know the business right. part of it is is it a rebrand is it a keep it simple stupid that it's right. motor girl art is it you know like i said it's part of the intrigue is the fact that yes i'm a female yes i'm mm-hmm. actually the artist you're standing here talking to mm-hmm. and the fact that i know what the hell i'm talking oh, about oh you do you, you know you do and you know i've given an entire Library of Road and Track magazines from 1969 to 1986. I read every single one from cover to cover. That's awesome. And I used to, my dad would basically on, on the road, yeah, the road trip down to Florida. He would tell, he would quiz me on headlights and taillights. Okay. So it's like, what is that? Yeah. Oh, that's a 1986 Malibu. It's like, yeah, yeah. okay, good. Come on, dad, give me a hard one. I know exactly. <laughs> so you know, it's everything about it and then of course like I said going to industrial design school was kind of a no-brainer as far as yes I wanted to do the artwork yes I have a talent for the art Mm -hmm. but when I went to two years of fine art school and they told me that I couldn't have functional art I was like oh I'm so not in the right place Mm -hmm. and then I end up at Center for Creative Studies in Detroit which is now College for Creative Studies and I walk into the 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 automotive studio and they're doing a full-size interior model of the BMW X5 mm. in 1992. Oh. You know, wow. actually 1989. It was like, th- this doesn't even exist. This is like right. so far in the right. future, right. you know, and right. it's like, this is what I'm talking about. This right. is like visionary That's kind of stuff. That's and full size models and, you know, right. just, right. you know, sculpting out of They're foam and clay yeah. and you could actually sit in it, you know, and all of a sudden I'm like, sign me up. Where was I? I like you're seven or eight years old all over again. Oh yeah, yeah. totally. And um, the interesting thing was that you know, I had a really good time first two years of college. I mean, really, really too good a time. I had some great friends from that, but I didn't necessarily learn anything. Sure. I didn't improve what I did. And I went to CCS, and literally, they walk, you walk in the door, and they say, well, look to your left, look to your right. There's 100 and some odd people in this room, and only 5% of you are going to graduate. And, oh, by the way, there's 36 hours of homework every single day, and you still have to go to class, and you still have to get your homework done, and it's for you to figure out how to do it. And just to finish off the the sentiment here, there is a party at the beginning of the year and at the end because there is no time for anything else. And it kicked my butt. And it kicked my butt in such a way that it made me even more passionate for what I do. So my work ethic... It is off the chain, and it's like if I get to the point where I have to stay up till one or two o'clock in the morning to finish something, it's like I'm on a roll. I can't stop. You know, better than when you're up till four thirty. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) And it's like I hate this. You know, so all of this lifetime at being almost fifty-two years old, pulling this all together, and going, I am put on this earth to do this, and I am put on this earth to to take this very specific group of people yep. and bring them joy somehow. That's amazing. You know? And, and I, I, that resonates so well with me. And I, I, it's what I really enjoy about, you know, our budding friendship because it's hard to contain that. You can just yes. feel it. You can yes. just see that passion. And, uh, you know, I'm like, I'm hot in the face because I'm... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. all cylinders are firing. I know. Yeah. I'm just, you know, right. just all a Twitter, as my mother would say. That's right. Um... But well, yeah, so if you don't mind, I, we were, were talking before we started to record, Noel. Um, 
you would, just maybe a little background about how your maternal grandfather and then your own father, just how, from a, from a young girl, how you got into just how your exposure to all the, the automotive world. Well, I first started to draw at about age four. And literally that happened because my mother said, here, don't you want to draw this house, puppy, kitten, whatever. And I was like, no. And why? And of course, I'm sitting there with my, my older cousin. She's older, like, by two years. And my mom is the one that's drawing. And she's a very talented artist. My cousin started drawing. And I was like, oh, I can do that. So I think my mom intimidated me, which is why I said no. Mm-hmm. But my, you know, my slightly older cousin who can't draw at all, I was like, I got this. With my no left problem. hand. With yeah. my left hand, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, that was age four. So, of course, at age four, when you really kind of start becoming a, a, an individual, yeah. let's say, yeah. and having your wants and needs and desires and, mm-hmm. and passions kind of starting to come to the surface a little bit, and the memories of, you know, when those things happen. And going to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and visiting my grandfather, who built his house around his car passion. Six bays, right? Six bays, mm-hmm. um, other people's cars. He was one of the original founding members of the um, Antique Auto Club in Hershey. Um, so, you know, he was very into the into the car scene. And, and then, of course, you know, bringing his... British car passion, you know, literally bringing the cars over from Europe um, and really getting into the scene and, you know, buying and selling and finding the best one and finding the donor cars and, you know, meeting the people, but realizing that he could, you know, take care of other people and their cars if he built his house correctly, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and then it would also be the camaraderie and they would come sure. and they'd hang out and, yeah. you know, talk cars and, you know, sure you can come use my metal shop and, you know, stuff like that. So when I walked into that as a child with my cousins running around like fools, they didn't want anybody anything to do with it. They were outside sledding down the hill, you know, and stuff like that. And I'm in the shop with him. Sure. And he's like... So rebuilding carbs and... Yeah. So it's like, oh, your hands are small enough to, you know, <laughs> yeah. you can put the jet in there. Right, uh, right. Or, you know, I'm busy with this, but here, take this chamois and some some buffing cream and, and, you know, lubricate the leather in the Riley, you know, or we have Mr. Vogel's, uh, I don't even remember what he had, but he had, probably was a Corvette, um, you know, we need to polish the chrome on his car, you know. So he was like, he always maintained other people's cars when they were in his care. So it wasn't just parking. Right. You know, it wasn't a storage facility. It was like, you're putting it in Mr. Galley's care. Mm-hmm. And ironically, my dad took me to Carlisle in 1986. Okay. Because he bought a 63 split window, which was his dream car. Um, when he was in college and I think he said something about like his nemesis had one in mm. college so it was like that was the mm. pinnacle of success was trying to get one yeah. so it was missing like a hubcap or something so of course we go to Carlisle because yeah. you go to Carlisle Corvette you find anything you can possibly need okay so this is 1986 I'm just graduating from high school and we go to Carlisle and it's like holy cow this is heaven yeah Acres I mean, and acres. acres and acres of parts, and of course, but you know, like I said, by this point, I'm a car chick. I'm a parts girl. Yeah. I'm like, this is this little treasure, Mecca. exactly. <laughs> and it's I only paid five dollars, you know, uh-huh. and that just kind of blew my mind with just how much stuff and how uh-huh. many people, and you could find anything. Yeah. And I remember walking around with him, and of course, you know, they're now the the grandfathers of automotive art. It all looked the same to me. And I remember asking him, you know, I'm like, why does all the artwork look the same? And he's like, well, you, you need to fix it. <laughs> like, okay. So this was a challenge set down in 1986 to me. Mm-hmm. Of course, I was thinking like career and sure. going to work for one of the big three. And, you know, everybody wants to work for Lamborghini and Ferrari, but right. how many actually do? Right. You know, and um, so, you know, with my dad kind of putting this challenge down and then going back to work at his motorcycle shop to work on his bikes and Mm -hmm. 
you know, I got into wrenching and, you know, I bought basket cases and people coming into the mm-hmm. shop and saying, oh, we're cleaning out the garage. My wife need, wants me to get rid of it. You know, and I paid 50 bucks for mm-hmm. a motorcycle and pieces and having to put it back together and, you know, stuff like that. And um, actually, my <laughs> I got a motorcycle when I was eight years old under the Christmas tree. And I couldn't ride it until I took it apart and put it back together. Oh, that was the challenge thrust upon you? Yes. Wow. So, but wow. again, it was, you have to understand, you have to appreciate, Yeah. you have to understand what it is right. in order to take care of it. Because, Deconstruct it, yeah. Right. Wow. Because part of, I and I think this is, again, part of my family issue, is if you're given something and you don't appreciate it, the investment made is, it's gone. Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. it's trashed or it's broken or it's lost. You don't yeah. know how to do anything with it. You don't know how to fix it. So it just it rots, right. you know. And I don't think my parents had enough, well, being a school teacher in the 70s and 80s, they didn't, there was not, this was right. not a multi-million dollar industry sure. for my sure. parents. Sure. So anything that they spent on us had to be appreciated and taken care of. And I mean, we still have stuff that we got as kids because that was without question you take care of your stuff sure. but that gave me that resurrection complex sure. that I know I can fix it yeah. I know I can fix it yeah. I know that I can put this designer brain to work I know I can do it on a budget I know I can find the pieces I just know the underdog you know? of vehicles you go after yeah, it. exactly yeah. and it's like you know the barn finds are you know that's the wet dream everybody I don't care who you are in the car right. industry the, right. the barn find is the wet dream right but I drive around the countryside on my way home from a show. Mm-hmm. I tend not to try not to take the highway. Two lane country, yeah. Right, uh-huh. but it's like this twisty turny and just seeing like the corner uh-huh. of this something behind the barn. Uh-huh. And slamming the brakes on and whipping around and just kind of go knock on the door and say, if you ever want to sell that, here's yeah. my cart. Sure. You know, let me know. I will be back. That's happened a couple times. People have called me and said, you know, it was my husband's. I think we're ready to let it go. Yeah. It was his. It was his baby. You know, whatever. And um, I've had those opportunities to to come pick him up. You know, and that in itself, again, kind of going back to how you're helping people yeah. feel better about letting something go. That's right. And especially if you if you can guarantee that you're going to do something with it. That's right. They're relieved. That's right. That you come. That you've come across them. Everybody's happy. Yeah. And. Again, I think it's that I love that ability to help people be happy with, you know, their decision, their car, their passion, their love, you know. And the other part of that is I love the wives because there are very few car girls. Okay. We're out there, though. I mean, we're very good people. But the wives that come up, bless their hearts, they are absolutely supportive of their husband's dreams and passions they don't share them mm-hmm. per se mm-hmm. until they get this piece of artwork that they've commissioned from me for hubby for birthday father's sure. day christmas or whatever they get that in their hands and all of a sudden they're like i i would actually put this in the living room so this is not relegated to the to the man cave yeah 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 this is actually something they enjoy now see that's me and like you know i didn't know this was possible i didn't realize that this was it could be as cool as this because they're used to the garage and the gas pump you know stuff like that so it's like taking the art of a car you're melding these two worlds now right take the art of the car to Mm -hmm. this level that Mm -hmm. a lay person Mm -hmm. goes this is just cool that's right you know, right. and um, sometimes I do the VW paintings just because they make me happy, right. and they make anybody happy. They're right. more they're decorative now. Right. It's not a car. It's not a bus. It's it is it's, it's decoration. Yeah. It's an icon. And again, somebody. I mean, you can ask anybody. They have some experience, positive experience right. with a VW. They make you happy. They always make you happy. <laughs> it's do. like slug bucks. You know, it's right. like it's hee hee. There's Herbie. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So it's a. To take that to another level where the, you know, the interior designers are buying yeah, the paintings of Airstreams and VWs yeah. to decorate yeah. 
now we've accomplished something. Yeah, you yeah. have. And, oh, that's you know, I think that's kind of been my, I don't know, my underlying drive is, you know, yes, I have a passion for them, but it's yeah. the, they, they are something. You find, you're hitting a chord with the rest of society with these things. It's yeah. really neat. And like I said, the shiny metal object is like if you, you know, oh God, I had a bright yellow beetle. You just totally nailed it. Totally yeah. remembered. Yeah. The nostalgia. Yeah. You know, this is my uh, spring break road trip with my girlfriends down yeah. to, you know, Key West. People talk about how the football team would lift it up and move it around exactly. in the parking lot of yeah. high school. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> we took the science teacher's bug and put it up on the roof. Right, as a, right. You know, it's like everybody has that, sure. you know, yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So to, to be able to, to put that in something that they look at every day that's actually a piece of art. Mm-hmm that evokes some kind of positive response is, you know, again, achieving this this level of success that very few artists get to achieve. And I think, you know, like I said, part of my success, I don't feel successful as far as, like, the money part of it. I feel successful because of the response I get from... Right. my people yeah exactly your fans you know? that are within five minutes responding to an Instagram yeah. post or, or reacting to say like what you posted I guess on Saturday or Sunday with, with my work I mean mm-hmm. just yeah. people so can't like, help themselves yeah. Yeah. You know, like I need to I need to say something here yes so you know I think that's that's more of how I define my success mm-hmm. you know will I be a millionaire I don't know let's hope you know I'll sure. cross my fingers sure Will I get to the point of, of living off of royalties on one of my art pieces? Hopefully, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, you never know. Right. I that's not the that's not the reason right. for right. it. You know, right. and some people go, well, I'm doing this just because. You know, I have to make money at it. And unfortunately, now, unfortunately, they're taking art out of schools. They're making it so specialized. Like yes. if you don't have an inch. A talent that your parents actually recognize that they'll put you in another place the outside of school to actually take painting lessons or drawing or, or whatever mm-hmm. they're not exposed to it at all no. and they're you know living their life on a five-inch screen and that yeah. is sad yeah you know and no original thoughts no nothing. Yeah. and I mean I started making coloring books for the kids. I mean, I started giving prints away to the kids because I want to mm-hmm. encourage that. Mm-hmm. I would be a mess if I didn't have art. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, it's you an know, outlet. on the top of the post office kind of <laughs> cray-cray. Because, you know, I didn't, I couldn't tell you who I was. Right. I could tell you with this. Yes. With pen and paper, I could, I could define who I was. Yeah. But other than that, I had no idea. It was rough. And... I can't imagine being a kid in school now that it's like you have math and you have science and you, there's no art, there's no theater, and you play football or you do nothing. And that's just unfortunate, you know. Mm-hmm. And I mean, especially because, yes, we're very, these kids are super smart, you know, and I don't know what's happening with the water that they're, you know, mm-hmm. their brain cells are functioning like way higher than their parents. But the creative outlet is not there and it's right. not encouraged. Right. And it's like, what do you do with that? If all you want to do is like throw your ideas out there some way, somehow, and get them out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is why, I honestly, I believe that we have like these mass shootings. Because they have no outlet, true outlet for what they are trying to say to the world. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you put a pen in their hand or you teach them how to express themselves in a painting mm-hmm. or you say read this book but don't write a paper make a painting right. Right. explain it to me visually I think everything would change mm-hmm. you know music is the same way you get to express yourself you get to express your feelings you get to say to the world this is who I am that I mean something Right. you know and like I said if you know they, they have all these labels for these kids. And if we went back to, like, early 70s, when my brother and I were, you know, formative years, 10, 12 years old, 
I can't imagine the label they would have put on us yeah. because we were artistic. It covered a lot of stuff, right? Right. You know, but it's, it's kind of catch-all. Yeah, but it you know would be be autistic. I don't know. We have Aspergers. I, I don't know. Do I have ADD? I know that. Mm-hmm. You know, because school was tough. Mm-hmm. I know that. But if I didn't have this, if I didn't have my parents saying, "You're going to do art. Mm-hmm. We will figure out the rest later," because you are good at this mm-hmm. and you are at peace. When yes. you do it, yes. that literally, you know, it's like I wanted a drum set, and I, that was like the worst thing I could ask for. That was not going to happen, but I could get pens and paper and <laughs> right. whatever, right. you know, because that was an outlet for me. Right. I really wanted to beat my, sure. you know, sure. beat my life out on a drum, but they understood this, uh-huh. you know, and I think part of my dad's regret is he went to biology because he wanted to illustrate science books and medical mm-hmm. manuals mm-hmm. because that was a job mm-hmm. doing art. All he wanted to do was art. Mm-hmm. But my grandfather said, no, you have to have a job. My grandfather was an engineer. Both grandfathers were engineers. Mm-hmm. So if you can't get a job during doing art, you're not going to do it. I'm not going right. to let you right. waste your life like that. And like I said, fortunately, I think those disappointments that my my parents had, they said, we're not going to do that to our kids. Why they didn't repeat the cycle. Yeah. And we're going to let them, we're going to encourage, we're going to, you know, unfortunately, I had the same interests that my dad had. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. going to car shows was not a stretch. Right. Going to the races was not a stretch. Right. You know, um, he was my softball coach, you know, stuff right. like that. So, I mean, I have a really good relationship with my dad. We, you know, building stuff, sure, sure like... We have that mind meld thing yeah, yeah. going on, like, you know, and um, which a lot of people are jealous about because they don't have that kind of relationship mm-hmm. with their mm-hmm. with their parent. Um, but to be able to, to come from an environment that was that encouraging and that nurturing, yeah, even very fortunate, even though what are you going to do with the rest of your life? like well okay seventh grade I walk into the guidance counselor and I say I want to design cars and he goes but you're a girl that's just yeah and I went home and I told my dad that and you want to talk about a man who was ticked off he was good beside himself ticked off good. and I think me going away from that gun watch me <laughs> yeah actually it has the <laughs> yeah, right effect is like completely different effect of what you uh-huh. want to push me down and I'm yep. like you just you, lit man. the fuse <laughs> exactly you know and he goes oh you need more math and I said why do I need more math yeah. to draw yeah so okay I'll take engineering drawing and I'll take mechanical engineering classes and I'll do all the stuff which I love but at the same time it's like how dare you that's right how you have no idea Mm -hmm. what I am talking about Mm -hmm. as far as an industry Mm -hmm. and when I went to industrial design school industrial design as a profession was very very young because it was engineers and architects who were doing the design Mm -hmm. because there wasn't a field Mm -hmm of industrial design. So now, um, one of my classmates, uh, Ralph Giles, is actually the head of Chrysler Design. And he was in my class. You know, so it's like, we all have this, he's actually on uh, Netflix has a, a show, The Art of Design, I think it's what it's called, if you look it up on Netflix. He's one, like, number six or seven um, of the series. But it talks about, like, being a kid... Yeah. And drawing cars. Like, yeah. you just can't help it. You just, yeah. I love them, I'm going to draw them, right. you know. Right. And uh, going through this entire process of, what are you going to do with your life? You know, you're an artist, you draw, what are you going to do? And then you kind of realize that there is an industry for people right. to put pen to paper and come up with things that don't exist. Yep. You know, and to explain that to somebody, and interestingly enough, going to these shows, I end up with these kids who say, I love to draw cars, I really, my parents don't know what to do with me. And it's like, well, you realize this ballpoint pen, this iPhone that you're talking on, the fork, the coffee maker in your That's kitchen, right. they have all been designed by right. a human being, That's right. not by a machine. That's you know, right. people still, you know, there's ergonomics, there's human factors, all of these yeah. things that go into it have to be taught, but it all still stems from how you view the world mm-hmm. and how you put pen to paper. That's right. So if you are a unique soul, that sees the world in a slightly different way, run with it. I mean, because that... Capitalize it, on Yeah, it. because that is rare. That is, really, is. really, really rare. Yeah. And that's what people get excited about, because they go, 
where did you come from? Yeah. I would have never thought of that. You know, it's right. like, wow, that's, wow, that it's just blows my sight. mind. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you get somebody, you know, you blow their mind yeah. in one way or another, yeah. that is so satisfying. It is. It is. It really is. <laughs> you just go, how is that? That's you know, a payday. That's a total. And they go, oh my God. <laughs> you know? and it's like, that's, you made my day. That's Mission awesome. accomplished. <laughs> well, Noel, I'm a fan, but if you would share with, uh, my followers and listeners how to reach you how to how to look you up um well i have a website which is motorgirlart.com i have um my instagram page which is motorgirl studios again we go back to my identity crisis right so, right many different ways to follow me um you can look for my big white van uh that has all my and your soon silver soon bullet to be, yeah. my silver bullet my yeah. my art stream as vanessa calls it i love it, it. Um, and my email, my phone number, um, you know, if you want to, I'd be happy to give that out to 828-777-3892. It's a North Carolina, North Carolina phone number, but I live in Northern Virginia. Um, I'm normally at Carlisle every month Mm -hmm. during the season. Uh, I tend to go to Florida in the wintertime. So next month I'm going to be in Charlotte at the Mustang Owners Museum, dropping off a couple paintings for the Ford versus Ferrari show, nice. and then I'm gonna be at the historic races at Daytona. So, cause I love the races. So, I, I need my, my the hair on my arms There's to stand up. Yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah I totally need that. You're um, overdue. Oh yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. The smell, I swear to God, there's something about I the know. smell, that I sensory know. memory. I know. It's just if you don't get it, you don't get it. Yeah. So, so um, but yeah, I mean, you can follow me those places. But like I said, I I usually kind of post where I'm gonna be when I'm preparing for on my sure. Instagram page. It tends to be a little more timely than my website. Okay. Um, I probably have a thousand images that are not on my website. Wow. <laughs> just because I tend to pump these things out and well, I'm a yeah. little behind. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Instagram is is a little bit more timely and the best way to get to me, I think, more than anything else. Well, we at Cars so. of Carlisle adore your work and our fans and, and looking forward to further collaborations as we can move into the new year. Oh, yeah. It'd be totally awesome to do that. Well, Noel, thank you so very much. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. That was fun. All right. Welcome back to Studio A. Hope you guys enjoyed that. I am so pleased to uh, have uh, met up with Noel. First met her at the Fall Carlisle Show. In fact, uh, our friends, the Scalavinos, had introduced me to her and it's just been a great opportunity to talk with her and work with her, and, and we may have an opportunity here in the, in the new year to do some things uh, in cooperation with uh, our friends at uh, Carlisle Customs and Classics. So the answer to that trivia question, I had asked at the beginning of the show what the steepest embankment is at the Daytona Speedway. The answer is C, 31 degrees in fact. The banking on the slope of the track ranges from 31 degrees uh, and the turns to 18 degrees on the front stretch. And then it's actually just a a mere 3 degrees uh, on the nearly level back stretch. So uh, 31 degrees is the steepest point of the Daytona Speedway. Thought you uh, would enjoy that trivia question. So for now, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. But I want to say again, please continue to support. Uh, If you like what you hear, Please you know, go ahead and subscribe. You'll have us in your queue free every every Tuesday night. That way you, when you uh, are ready to listen to the podcast Wednesday or whenever it might be, we're set and ready. Costs you nothing. And it's just a great way to have us queued up and ready to go. Certainly rating us five stars is a big thank you to us as well. And most of all, just wanting you to enjoy it and spread the word to your family, friends, colleagues, customers, clients, car show uh, attendees, car club uh, colleagues, whomever it might be, want to definitely continue to grow this car part of our nation and so glad that you're part of it. So for now, I will say drive well, be well, and take care. <laughs> <laughs>